This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. in my own guess and right footed towards the penalty spot heads go up it's going to be nodded back across the six yard area and it's into the back of the net or is that a great save by Stuart Moore great stop by Morlow down to his right hand side in front of the Morecambe fans to keep the scoreline at 0-0 best chance of the game so far in the 12th minute long throw towards the edge of the six yard box that might be an own goal by Farron Rawson is it and that's another good save I think by Stuart Moore this time Flying away to his left-hand side. It just flicked off the top of the head of Farron Rawson, I think, that time. And that was destined for the bottom corner of Morecambe's net once again. But a big right hand again from Stuart Moore. Just tips it behind for a corner. Morecambe with some defending to do. The first corner then. Whipped in. It's an in-swinger left-footed by Adam there. Kept alive by Jacob Badeau, who goes to ground on the edge of the six-yard area. And referee Neil Hare points to the penalty spot and awards the Shrimps a spot kick. Well, Sutton United absolutely furious about that. It was an in-swinging corner left-footed by Adam there from the right-hand side. It's Morecambe's first corner of the of the whole half and it was a deep one towards the back post and I just thought Badeau got in a bit of a tangle there to be honest as he, as he went to ground. Referee Neil Hare, no hesitation, points to the spot and this is a chance for the Shrimps to open the scoring and it's Michael Mellon who just calm as you like smashes it straight down the middle for his seventh goal of the season to open the scoring for Morecambe on the half-hour mark. Slightly against the run of play you have to say. It's Mellon from the spot, and it's Sutton United nil, Morecambe 1. Zizi with a long throw, headed partially away by Tatonda. Slew skews his clearance up in the air, Zizi on the edge of the box. Head tennis breaking out to Tonda. McKinnon flicks it a bit further clear out to Zizi once more, right-hand side. Stood up by Nguessen out towards the edge of the area. Smith tries to keep it under his control and Tatonda, nice brave play that to clear it and out on this right hand side is Tom Bloxham and if you can find Michael Mellon on the overlap we might be in here. Adam Mayer, neat feet from Mayer and finds the bottom corner brilliantly and that's the power and the speed and the pace that Morecambe can break away with. Ball on the edge of the shrimp penalty area. Tatonda with the clearance out to Tom Bloxham. He bulldozes his way down the right flank. Ball in field. Mellon was on the overlap. It didn't reach him because Adam Mayer got it on the edge of the box dink round a couple of challenges and buries it into the bottom corner for his second goal of the season and that is Adam Mayer's first goal since the opening day of the season against Walsall and right on the stroke of half time the Shrimps double their advantage with a superb breakaway goal it's Adam Mayer and it's Sutton United nil Morecambe 2 goal kick taken by Stuart Moore headed away on the halfway line by Amari Patrick senior doesn't get much purchase on his clearance Sam Hart's on the overlap here for Sutton gets a cross in as well where Clay and Harry Smith nods it past Stuart Moore flag stays down on the edge of the six yard area and there's been two goals in first half stoppage time here it's Harry Smith's seventh goal of the season 
to half the arrears for the Ambers right on the stroke of half-time. Another long throw. That's a loop here on towards the edge of the six-yard box. It's flicked on and flicked towards goal and it's into the back of the net for the equaliser. And certain United have been knocking on the door since the half-time whistle. They spent a large part of the opening second half in the Morecambe final third. And they found the back of the net there. Another sloppy goal for the Shrimps to concede, really. They've been defending long throw after long throw after long throw. And eventually one tells. Certain United man in the box turns and fires it past Adam Smith. And from 2-0 down, Certain United find themselves level at Certain United 2, Morecambe 2. So five minutes added on at the end of this game. And it's definitely, as the floodlights come on, going to be next goal wins you would have thought this is going to be a right-footed corner by the captain Donald Love towards the back post beats everybody apart from Bloxham does well to keep the ball in needs support here it comes from Senior which the ball towards the edge of the penalty area headed away Senior's got a couple more seconds now to drive towards the edge of the box might think about a shot himself here Senior why not Senior does shoot and finds the bottom corner and that could be the winning goal for the Shrimps in stoppage time unbelievable scenes here at Gander Green Lane it was Joel Senior with it we are in stoppage time here he is mobbed inside the certain United penalty area and I've never seen Derek Adams so excited either as he ran Alex Ferguson start to celebrate on the pitch. And deep in stoppage time, could that seal Morecambe's third straight away win? Joel Senior up from the back. Sutton United two, Morecambe three. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Right, we're now in the eighth minute of the five added on. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio, Certain United 2, Morecambe 3. And there goes the final whistle, and Morecambe have done it thanks to Joel Senior's strike in the second minute of stoppage time. And that is going to be Morecambe's third straight win on the road in League 2. We were made to work really, really hard for it though, against the dogged certain United team who have won just twice all season in 14 League 2 fixtures so far this campaign and certain think they were, thought they were going to get something out of the match too when they got it back to 2-2 it was a long trip to South London this afternoon but boy oh boy has it ultimately been worth it that's the third away win on the spin for Derek Adams men continuing the great work of Colchester United uh, just two weeks ago and sets us up nicely for our home doubleheader Tranmere Rovers at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium on Tuesday night and AFC Wimbledon that will be a very tough test indeed uh, this time next Saturday Derek a 3-2 away win at Sutton dramatic late winner from Joel Senior you must be delighted yeah I thought we were very good today I think that um, especially in that first half yeah, you know we played some really good football we got ahead in the game through Michael Merlin and then quickly after that uh, Adam Meir got his goal and uh, it was a well worked goal a counter attack we saw the space on the sides and uh, a great ball from Tom Blocks and for him to, to finish uh, second half sorry just before half time they scored with what they're trying to do all afternoon everyone sees it's corner kicks it's throw-ins it's uh, it's um, free kicks 
uh, that's their game and uh, it worked for them because they got two goals from it today and uh, we didn't deal well with it at that stage but the amount of balls that came into the box from a throw-in or a corner kick we did really well to, to keep them out because um, they're a very tall side and very aggressive uh, in that 18-yard box but to finish the game we, we, we did uh, after they got it back to 2-2 uh, it was fabulous and uh, I thought we looked really stronger in that last 10 minutes of the game it was a battle today. They're, they're bottom of the league, but you can see why you've got to be on your game every game, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it was difficult for us at times because it was stop-start. I didn't think that, um, you know, it, it was helped at times um, with the officiating. Uh, I think that, you know, it could have been quickened up. Uh, you know, there's a long time to take a throw-in. There's a long time to do things. And then as the game approaches the end, then they have a go at us for taking a wee bit of time uh, so I find that a bit strange and then I get booked at the end when their manager collects the ball throws it back into play which is not allowed and uh, because I'm trying to stop the ball going in which quite rightly I was booked but you've got to understand that the laws of the game the referee can't have it both ways and uh, this afternoon I spoke to the fourth official and the amount of times that their manager collected the ball three or four times and threw it back into play well it's not allowed it's not allowed in the the laws of the game an official isn't allowed to restart the game quicken the game and uh, that wasn't dealt well with and uh, that's where us as managers and coaches staff get very frustrated but uh, as a performance it was one of our best performances uh, this season because we had to show character. We had to make two substitutions at half-time. Stuart Moore came off with a hip flexor injury. Um, Faz Rawson came off with a cut in the eye. And we made two changes. Then we had to take Jacob Badu off in the second half because he was uh, complaining of a, a sore chest. Uh, so in slew, you know, we, we took him off just to give us extra you know, legs in midfield. I think you could see what it meant to you all by your, the reaction of everyone on the bench and the fans to Joel Senior's winner. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the support we had here today was magnificent because we travelled, took us seven hours yesterday uh, from Morecambe to, to reach here. So um, the effort today on the morning of a game from the supporters was nothing short of outstanding. And uh, I think that that's you know, really got to be mentioned. But one thing is the supporters' dedication is then shown by the players on the pitch and their dedication and character today was there for everyone to see Looking at the injuries today how do you think they will be for Tuesday? Any ideas too early? I, I don't know yet um, it's too early I'm just obviously delighted to you know, be two points off the playoffs now and uh, I think that that's a testament to the, the players you know, in the dressing room one player not here today. Eli King, how's he? Any updates? Yeah, we, we haven't. We did have an update, um, but it won't be until next Thursday before we get the next update uh, from Cardiff. So you've got Tuesday, Tramway Rovers at home. Now uh, another big game for you, and glad to be back at home. Yeah, we'd obviously we like at home. You know, we've done really well, but um, another tough game because Tranmere uh, came off a tough result against Doncaster at home the other night, and uh, you know we'll have to to be at it and uh, you know we'll have to try and get you know our players back uh, fit ready to go I think what you've seen this season so far there's been some great performances you mentioned that today was different wasn't it the, the character and the grit and determination was really there for all to see yeah I mean it's not easy with such a young squad I mean Sutton have got a very experienced squad uh, but we've got a young squad and, and at times today you know that became difficult because they've probably not been used to 
uh, a barrage of corner kicks, long throw-ins, long balls into a box. You don't get that at uh, academy football, and uh, that's something that uh, they'll have learnt today, uh, for, and they've come you know through it really well. Well, Joel, a 3-2 win at Sutton today and a tough away game thanks to your 91st minute winner, a rare goal, but uh, and your first goal for the club couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, obviously, it was a tough game out there. We we took the lead two, with two good goals and then they, they pegged us back. It was a tough conditions to, to play in with the way they play football and the way we want to combat with our style of play, but it, it was obviously a brilliant feeling to score in front of the fans at the end. There's no better way to score than a, like a last-minute winner from a good range. So, yeah, it was a great feeling to, to do it and send the fans home happy with three points. Just talk us through it as you can. I mean, you got the ball quite a way out. A lot of space thrown into, that space was there for you and you just thought, I'm going to take advantage of this and have a goal. Yeah, well, I think I put the cross in and it's come back out and then I've just kept kept like taking my touch towards the goal and like they've kind of, kind of keep like... The defenders have like split either way, so I've carried on going. And obviously, I know I've got I've got a not a bad shot on me when I when I do shoot, but I just don't shoot enough. So it's a good feeling to go in and a great feeling to score my first goal. So yeah, that's how, how it was. I think you could see how much that win meant to everybody. Your goal, the, the reactions to it, the celebrations, the players, the bench, the fans. It meant a lot to everyone. Yeah, well, it's not it's not a tough place. It's not an easy place to come with the way they play. They're they're a good team. I know I know they're at the bottom of the table, but it's not no, no place in this league is easy to come. So to score late on like that, to give our first back to back wins, three three away games on the bounce. So it just it just shows the belief we've got in the squad and that we don't give up, even though we were pegged back after being two goals up. Just shows that we've got the character that that's needed in this league to do well. I was going to say that Colchester, the win there a few weeks ago, it was it was just pure football for much much of the game. But today was different. He had to battle, he had to fight. Long balls. Harry Smith's a real handful up front there, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's, he's not easy to deal with. Obviously, um, Faz had him more in the first half, and then we went off, and Jan did well with him in the second half. But it's it's when you're hitting long balls up to him, it's not easy because they've got the wide players running off and. It's, it's hard to deal with, but I think we showed a different side of our game today by able to deal with that threat. I know they've scored two goals, but they've not they've not opened us up at any point. It was just like knockdowns where they've scored from. I think the first one we switched off after scoring the second goal, and then the, the second goal to peg us back to two all. It's just from a set piece where we maybe switched off and it's just landed to them, and it's a good finish by their player. But I think we've showed a character to our side today, and um, yeah, I think we've dealt with it well, other than the two parts where they've scored the goals. Onwards and upwards, Tuesday night, Tramia Rovers at home, looking forward to that one? Yeah, it'll be a good game, I know uh, a couple of their players, so I look forward to playing against them and it's always it's always good to play at home, we've not played at home in, in quite a while now, so it'll be good to get back in front of the fans and ho- this is a good start to the three games in the week, so hopefully we can carry it on Tuesday and keep on going. If you could keep that run going, you know, you're in danger of getting towards the playoffs, what? Yeah, well, that, that's... We've got we've got beliefs in house that that we can do things this season. I know people might say we're a young team, might write us off, but the ability that we've got is we've shown it in in a lot of games this season, especially at home. And then in the past three games, we've shown how good we are when we play football. And today we've showed that we can compete when the when a team plays a different way, and we have to show a different side to our game. So I think we've got a lot of ability and different characteristics in the squad to do well.
It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. Really, really appreciate it. A look ahead to Tranmere Rovers on Tuesday night in just a tick back at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium. But looking back at our fantastic victory at Sutton United, it was a brilliant, brilliant win. Great way to make it three straight away wins. And who would have thought that about our away form after the defeats against Mansfield? And, and Harrogate and, and Gillingham that we would turn our form around away from home uh, so spectacularly. Scored three great goals as well. I've, I've seen the penalty back on for the, the, the foul on Jacob Badeau and I think yes he does have his shirt too doesn't he? We were the other side on in the press box uh, on, on commentary. Didn't look much in it in real time but I think the camera being on the opposite side you can see Jacob has his shirt too and a great uh, dispatching of the spot kick by Michael Mellon. Second goal a classic uh, what's becoming a trademark, I suppose, Morecambe breakaway goal down the right-hand side. Tom blocks him uh, into Adam Mayer, nicks it off Michael Mellon uh, and buries it into the bottom corner. And that's going to do Adam Mayer's confidence a world of good as well because that was his first goal since the opening day of the season against Walsall. So he'd gone quite a while without finding the back of the net. Uh, so um, um, he's going to be really pleased about that. A goal and an assist uh, for Adam Mayer uh, on Saturday. And then the third goal from Joel Seed. Well, he caught everybody out, didn't he, really? Including the certain keeper, Dean Buzanis. He thought uh, he was going to just chip it towards the back post again for the big men up from the back, but uh, took it on. He was invited to shoot. I think if you're Sutton United, you're going to be disappointed that your defence just backed off and backed off and allowed him to uh, get that shot away. Took a couple of bounces through and uh, found the bottom corner in front of a jubilant away following. I've never seen Derek Adams so excited when a goal went in. Uh, if you remember back to the 90s, some people might remember uh, when Manchester United played Sheffield Wednesday in the Premier League and those two goals from Steve Bruce in stoppage time uh, that secured them the Premier League title. I think it was back in 1993 and there's the, the footage, isn't there, of uh, Alex Ferguson and Brian Kidd celebrating on the pitch. Brian Kidd's on his knees, sliding away, arms in the air, fist pumping. That was the bench for Morecambe and Derek Adams running on the pitch on Saturday uh, was quite the sight to behold. But uh, I think he had every right to because it was a fantastic goal uh, to uh, get us a fantastic victory. Uh, up to 21 points now, just a couple of points outside the playoffs with a couple of games in hand. Goodness gracious me, dare we dream. Let's keep our feet on the ground, I think, and look ahead to Tuesday night. So it's the first of a double header uh, for Morecambe at home back at the Matuma Mobile Stadium. AFC Wimbledon on Saturday, but firstly, it's the visit of Nigel Atkins' Tranmere Rovers ahead of the game. I've been speaking to Matt Jones. Matt's the presenter of the brilliant uh, Tranmere Rovers fans pod. A trip to the moon. Go and check it out. Simply just search for it on the socials. You'll see it all there. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, podcasters have got that uh, Patreon page as well and Matt the ideal man uh, to tell us all about Tranmere Rovers and what they might uh, uh, have in store for us ahead of their visit to the Mazuma this coming Tuesday night 7.45 kick off if you're going down to the game if you're not full match commentary of course as ever Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio will be on FM and DAB Plus across North Lancashire and Morecambe Bay and I follow Shrimps from just before 7.40 so, Matt, thanks for jumping on our podcast. Really appreciate it, mate. Before we get going get down to the nitty-gritty, tell us everything we need to know about a trip to the moon. Uh, yeah, well, we kind of launched um, just after lockdown started, actually, in about in 2020. And um, the idea is just to try and keep people informed with what's going on in the world of Tranmere. I guess we do three shows a week. 
Uh, we have one out on a, a Sunday, uh, which is always our match review of the weekend's game. We have one out on a Thursday, which is our look back on the week's news and action and a look ahead to the weekend. And then on a Tuesday, every Tuesday, we have an interview out with a an ex-player just talking about their time at the club. Um, so that's called My Best Eleven. And we've had about 150 ex-players on there over the last three years. So we've gone through... Many of them, loads of promotion winners, loads of people who suffered relegation with the club. My my kind of story is it don't, or my kind of theory is it doesn't matter how many games you've played for Tranmere. You could have played zero and been part of the youth team for ten years. You could have played three hundred. Mm. Um, you've always got a story to tell, and I always try and get to the bottom of that story. So, thankfully, we've had loads on. Um, I'm trying to think of the Morecambe links we've had on. Ben Pringle was on recently. Um, he was good to chat to. And I'm sure there are many others uh, besides as well. Um, but yeah, always good fun to do. And, and hopefully there'll be many more who we can find in the future. And you've built up a, a decent following, Matt, as well, haven't you? You've got a good Patreon page going for subscribers and uh, uh, it's doing OK. Yeah, it's doing all right. It's good fun. Um, I think uh, with with clubs like Tram, and probably to a similar degree, Morecambe as well, there's not as much media coverage out there. Um, there's not because of where they are in the league, in League Two, there aren't that many media outlets certainly from a national point of view are interested in covering the club so that makes I guess fan media uh, a little bit more interesting to the the people who want to consume the media about Tranmere and and hopefully long may it continue So Matt I have to ask why Tranmere when you could be a Liverpool fan Everton fan lots of other clubs in the North West why Tranmere Rovers? So I come well all my family before me supported Liverpool because they're all from the other side of the water. But the first game that my dad took me to in 1995-1996 was a a Tranmere 1-0 win over Luton. John Aldridge scored the only goal after four minutes and apparently for the rest of the match I just asked my dad when the next goal was going to be because I just assumed that goals happened that regularly. And over the next near 30 years watching Tranmere, I've realised that goals do not actually come that regularly. But I guess uh, I I grew up at a lucky time in terms of supporting the club because... Um, at the turn of the century, there was the run to Wembley for the, the League Cup final. There were two runs to the FA Cup quarter final, and wins amongst all that against Southampton from three nil down, against Leeds from two nil down, three nil at Goodison against Everton. So really big days that kind of just put the club at, at the heart of everything on the Wirral at, at that time. And, and yes, from two thousand and one onwards to two thousand and fifteen sixteen, it was. Not so good, but by that point, I was already hooked. Which is great. I think it's easy to jump on the bandwagon, isn't it, of, a, of, of supporting a Premier League club. So I think, like you say, to support a club lower down and you're getting from the early age. And I think that's exactly what it's all about, really. Let's look at this season then, Matt, if we may. And as an outsider looking in, I know you're thinking, do we really have to? Yes, we do. Uh, from an outsider looking in, all doesn't appear well behind the scenes. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's not been it's not been a good probably year or so for Tranmere, really. Um and it all kind of started about 15, 16 months ago when they decided to start implementing a new transfer policy at the club, which is was all very well and good and it was well intentioned and the idea behind it was fine. I'm just not particularly sure it was particularly well executed. And they basically wanted to start bringing in young players from the age of 2021 who'd been released by Premier League or Championship clubs and who would then improve at Tranmere and at some point be sold for money. And I think that, and I like that idea, but 
that there were there were flaws with it. The primary flaw was that the manager they had at the time, Mickey Mellon, he's just not that kind of manager for nurturing really young talent. Now, Mickey is a phenomenal football manager. He's taken Tranmere through two promotions. He's given me my two best days watching Tranmere. But his success was always with bringing through players who were more 23, 24, 25, who were already established pros, really, and he could then make them better. Look at Jamie Vardy. Mickey had Jamie Vardy at Fleetwood, and look what he's done. He had James Norwood at Tranmere, and Norse... He turned Norris into a, a, a lower, a non-league striker, into someone who just bagged goals for fun. And he scored 32 goals in, in his final season at Tranmere, James Norwood. Andy Cook's the same. We see what he's doing now at Bradford. And there are many other examples of players who were 25, 26, and he made them into better players. He just wasn't comfortable with that younger player scenario. And I also think that you're a League Two football club. So the players that you're going to be able to attract, you're going to have to do really well to bring someone in who you can sell for the kind of money that's going to make any kind of difference. And they have sold players. They sold Ross Doohan. He went to Forest Green. They've sold uh, Elliot Nevitt to Crew. They sold uh, Ethan Bristow to Minnesota. But it's not the kind of money that's ever going to be anything more than just a little bit of a bonus. It's not like at the turn of the century when they were churning out players from their academy for fun. Kumas, Hume, Taylor, all of these players, Simonson, who went for hundreds of hundreds of thousands of pounds, which in that day and age was massive. It, it was a lifeline. It sustained the club. It kept them going. And they don't have an academy now, of course. So they, they can't, well, not of note. So they can't really do that anymore. So it all started then, really. Uh, and Mickey Mellon had a team last season that he wasn't comfortable with. He felt that they didn't have the resources to go out and play teams off the park and play flamboyant attacking football like they had done when he was in the National League and when he got us promoted from League Two. And that meant that the football at times was quite dull and drab because he felt the only way to get points was to try and sit back, keep it tight for 60 minutes and then maybe take the shackles off a little bit in the second half. And some supporters got quite bored of that and they got quite angry with what they were seeing. They felt that that Mickey wasn't doing a good job with the team that he had. And Mickey got sacked in March. Ian Dawes came in as his uh, replacement, as interim manager initially. Now, Ian Dawes had joined Tranmere as Michael Jackson's assistant in 2020-21. Jackson had been sacked, but he stayed as Keith Hill's assistant. Hill got sacked, but he stayed as Mickey Mellon's assistant. Mickey Mellon got sacked and he got the job permanently. Now, he won two out of eight games as interim manager and then got given the job permanently, having had that interim spell in charge. He lost the last game of last season against Northampton. Tough game. Northampton won promotion with that one. So you kind of write that one off. Mm. But he, he, he won two out of nine games last season as manager, came into this season, and Tranmere lost six out of seven matches before eventually pulling the plug on him. Uh, that's league matches. They did have progression in the League Cup to the second round, but... That's by the by. They'd lost six out of seven league games. The writing was on the wall and uh, it was time for him to go. And unfortunately, that meant that uh, he was sacked. Nigel Adkins, who was Tranmere's uh, technical director from May onwards, was appointed his replacement. For those of you who don't know, Nigel Adkins started his career as a footballer, as a goalkeeper at Tranmere. So he has connections to the Wirral. Uh, he came in and 
I think a lot of Tranmere fans will tell you that they looked at the situation when Nigel Atkins was appointed as technical director just two days after Ian Dawes was appointed as permanent manager. And they said, by Christmas, Nigel Atkins will be Tranmere's manager. Because <laughs> that's just... Now, the problem is Nigel Atkins doesn't really want... My understanding is Nigel Atkins doesn't want to be Tranmere's permanent manager. Um, he has been offered the job before on, and on previous occasions he's turned it down because he sees himself as a better manager than Tranmere. And at the moment, he is still interim. Uh, there doesn't appear to be, um, or there has been no signs of movement in terms of bringing in a permanent manager. And look, we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of the future. But that's kind of a long-winded answer of bringing you up to date as to to where we are now. It seems to me, Matt, that, that the policy of getting young players in, improving them and then selling them on for profit, that's where there's a lot of synergy between uh, Tramir and Morecambe because that is very much Morecambe's policy this season. We have a very young team, lots of teenagers, 20, 21-year-olds in the squad and, 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 and that ethos of trying to make a, a, a good prospect into a proper talent, a proper professional footballer, that can work, can't it? But I think, like you say, you've got to have the right manager and the right infrastructure uh, surrounding that. Otherwise, uh, you, you're going to go nowhere fast. Oh, absolutely. I think also uh, it depends how your fan base perceive your club and where your fan base perceive your club to be. So this was really successful with Forest Green when they got promoted from this division uh, the year after Morecambe went up. So that would be 2021, 22, I think. Um, and... Forest Green were always going to be allowed to be successful with that kind of policy because their fans, you know, they're the highest level they'd ever been point. So getting promoted to League Two was amazing for them. Going up to League One was even better. Their fans are quite happy, I would suggest, to see them at that kind of level. And they have the patience with the club to bring through players and improve players and turn them in, into better players. Um at Tranmere, you're not going to get that while Tranmere are fighting at the wrong end of League Two. You're not going to get it while they're fighting at mid-table in League Two. You know, I, I told you I support started supporting Tranmere in 95, 96. Well, they were a championship club then, or as was. You know, and until 2014, they were uh, in League One or above. So they got relegated in 2001 and spent 13 years in League One. So, you know, I see Tranmere as a League One club. So, And a lot of other fans my age, slightly older, anyone younger will, will think largely the same so you're not going to get that patience you're not going to give the manager the, the kind of rope to allow him to bring through players and, and give them off days you want to see them winning two or three times out of every three or four games really in league two and and and, and that's just not worked it's just not happened it also depends on the quality of play you're able to bring in yeah um and, and Tramir clearly they have brought in some good plays josh cogley came in two good years at Tramir, but then they lost him when his contract expired for free because he went to Bolton. Well, what good have you done other than having good performances on the pitch for two years? Would have been great if they'd managed to tie him down to longer, but you know he was always going to move on and he moved on to Bolton in the summer. Um, the same situation could well happen with Josh Hawks come next season. His contract will be up and 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 you know if Tranmere can't secure him down, then he's going to go for free because he's over the compensation age. So it... it, it it can, I agree it can work. Exeter did it successfully, didn't they? They're another club who've probably got slightly lower expectations than Tramway, and that's no disrespect to them. They just probably have a more patient fan base who are more willing to see them work. I also think Exeter's location, Forest Green's location, definitely works in their favour yeah. as well. Tramway and Morecambe are, are, are fishing in the same pond, basically, for players, aren't they? So, you know, if, if you're if you're a, if you're Exeter, you're, you're looking at Southampton, Bournemouth, Plymouth, Portsmouth's cast-offs, there's not, you know, that 
they're, they're, they're not that far away. For Tranmere, if you're getting a player, if you're looking at a player who's released by Liverpool, well, they might go to Blackburn or Preston or Bolton before they come to you or Crewe or Port Vale or Stoke. You know, there's probably 10 other clubs in the northwest, Wigan, where they could end up before they come to Tranmere. So the ones yeah. you're getting are probably not the ones who are going to be either A, ready to go straight into the first team and make a difference, or B, be the kind of player who's going to make you half a million down the line. That's my opinion anyway. They might Their scouting might well find that gem, and I hope it does. But at the moment, it, it hasn't quite worked that way. Let's look at the season so far then, Matt, if we may. And it's safe to say that the league table starts to take shape around this time of the season, doesn't it? About a quarter of the way into the season. You are where you are because that's where you deserve to be. By and large, things need to improve, don't they? Yeah, they need to improve, particularly away from home. Um, the away record is uh, shocking at best. It's seven successive away defeats in all competitions. And and that's, that's it's appalling, isn't it, really? The home form has been better since Nigel Atkins came in. They've done really well um, to beat a couple of teams, Bradford being one of them at home. They got a draw against Grimsby. So the home form's better, but away from home, they've been appalling. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what it is because uh, in every game, Nigel Atkins have been manager up until the crew game a couple of weeks ago when they lost 2-0. They'd scored the first goal. Didn't matter if it had been away from home or at home. They'd scored first in all of them. But then they lost 4-1 to Wimbledon. They lost 3-2 to Crawley. So they're scoring goals, but at the other end, they're just not keeping them out. And it's a real concern. It is. Uh, they'll have Tom Davis back from suspension for this one. Ross McGee will be back from suspension for this one. So that's a that's a big bonus. Uh, for them got sent off in that match and had a one-match suspension for the Doncaster game. Um and McGee is a fantastic goalkeeper and I feel a little bit sorry for him really because he's just not had much protection for what's coming in front of him. I did find it mildly amusing that it was celebrated that he won the goalkeeper of the month for uh, for September because he made more saves than any other goalkeeper in the division. I think, well, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement of your back four if that's happening, is it? Uh, given Trammer's position in the table. But that, that that's a, a market. They've done really well to get him from Forest Green. Um, so... Yeah, it does need to improve. Defensively, it's a real concern. And this is where Mickey was really quite good, Mickey Mellon. Yeah, they didn't score many, but he he, he was tight. He, he didn't, you know, there weren't many games where he got blown away, if any. Um, and, and that just hasn't happened since he's left. They're, they're too open at the back. I'm pretty concerned about the central midfield area, which they haven't really improved upon from last season. I don't think it offers enough cover to the back four. And, and the fullbacks are nowhere near as good as the ones they lost Cogley and Bristow from last year. They were never going to be replaced to the same standard because they were just that good. In my opinion, they were the best fullbacks in the division um, last year. So, yeah, got to improve. And that defensive midfield area is a major concern. So seven straight away defeats. You're coming to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium on Tuesday to play a team unbeaten in the league at home this season. And uh, another Mellon connection, of course, with uh, Mickey Jr. banging them in up front for us, um, all the stars are aligning, aren't they? Or, or, or are they? Well, at least uh, at least Cole's not there anymore because Cole, I'm sure, would have loved Cole to who? have scored. Stockton. Uh, I'm sure he would have <laughs> loved to have scored one against Tranmere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the last time I came was the 4-3 defeat, 4-3 win for Tranmere in the 2018-19 season when uh, they scored a last-minute win. I think it was Harvey Gilmore who got it, and there were great scenes that day. I know Tram have been there since, and that was the defeat in the playoff semi-final when there were, there were no away fans allowed. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a ground that 
I, I've enjoyed coming to in the past. I remember coming to watch Tramway in a couple of pre-season friendlies at the old stadium at Christie Park as well. So it's a nice short journey for us. But yeah, the omens aren't good, are they, in terms of Morecambe's home record and Tramway's away record. But I always have this thing about Tramway that when a team is in really bad form, Tramway seems to be the team capable of ending that bad form for them. So may- maybe that'll be the reverse this time around. <laughs> So tell us everything we need to know then, Matt, if we may, uh, about a Nigel Adkins team, formation, players to watch. How can you hurt us? What do we need to know? Uh, it'll probably be 4-3-3 unless there's something surprising thrown out there. Um, and that midfield of three is is, a, is the area that I, I do find a little bit of a concern. Over recent weeks, it's been um, Regan Hendry as the sitting midfielder with Kieran Morris and Connor Jennings either side. Now, Kieran Morris and Connor Jennings are two fabulous players, particularly at League Two level, and they're linking up really well. Uh, and they're the only links, actually, Trammer have got in the squad to the promotion team just four years ago, which shows how much football changes and how much teams change. And Connor's back, by the way. Connor actually left and has come back since. Um they're great players, but I would rather see them in a, in, a, in the forward of a 4-3-3, either side of an attacking central striker uh, with then a bit more cover added to that central midfield area. But Connor's the one to watch out for. He's been fabulous since he came back to the club. He's scoring goals. He's creating goals. Uh, Kieran Morris is another who's who's got a real eye going forward. Um, the strike force is, is an interesting one. Luke Norris will hopefully be back from injury soon, but we haven't seen him since mid-August. And and he's what a lot of hope is hanging on, actually. He was the main signing when he came in from Stevenage over the summer, and that injury has really put him back. Christian Dennis hasn't really hit form since he arrived from Carlisle, and I'm not sure he's been played in the right position, really. He's been played more as a right side of a front three. I'd rather see him as the, the central of a front three. Um, and then it's a toss-up as to who plays up in, in that strike force. It could be... Dennis, it could be Saunders, it could be Jennings could be put up there, it could be Jolly. Uh, there are there are quite a few options with Norris out, but none of them have really hit it off as a as a partnership yet. But it'll likely be 4-3-3 with quite a lot of attack coming through that midfield and therefore perhaps not as much cover as you would like offered uh, through uh, through the centre of midfield. But they, they, they have started games strongly. As I say, they've generally been scoring goals at the start of them. It's then... When they concede, you really worry about them. Uh, you really worry that there's just not going to be a reaction at the moment. And I don't feel that this team, maybe I'm being harsh to them, but I don't feel that this team has the the same kind of dressing room power that the the two teams that got promoted did. The likes of Scott Davis, there's another Morecambe connection for you. Steve McNulty were provided, Jay Harris, Norwood himself. They, they just had that that power in the dressing room and, and that aura around them. And I'm not sure this team has quite the same leadership i might be wrong but uh, the signs at the moment are that when they do concede a goal and go behind there's there's not not much of a response we've just started hitting our stride in the final third matt we've uh, we don't mind the opposition having the ball so if you're a high possession team that's fine for us but some of the goals we've scored on the break and on the counter attack have been absolutely breathtaking in recent weeks is that an area where we can exploit uh, probably could probably get round the sides with the four three three tends to be a little bit narrow at times, doesn't it? If your forwards tuck inside, so um, but that is always a way. The fullbacks have been, I mean, it's bizarre how many fullbacks Tram have used this season. Came into the season with three of them and have now somehow ended up with about eight of them. Uh, there's that many players who've signed. So who plays at fullback is is anyone's guess. Uh, Leak who started the season's out injured. O'Connor's been out injured. Uh, so that's led to another Norris. James Norris has been playing there. Uh, Wood has been playing there. Pike, Starbuck, Bellowan. Uh, you can go on and on. Yarny has played there as well. The, the two central defenders, it'll probably be Turnbull and 
and Davis, I suspect, unless Nigel Atkins decides to stick with Yarny. And they're, they're, they've been a little bit of a concern as a partnership this year. At times it works, but at other times they're just kind of just not quite linked up properly or picked up the right man or attacked the right areas of the field defensively. So, yeah, but, but um, I mean, look, Tramir down the wrong end of the league. Any team can hurt them at the moment, sadly. Uh, don't like saying that, but that is that is the fact of it. Matt, really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for, for taking the trouble. Um, just before you go, uh, what needs to change or, or what hope do you have that you are going to get out of the situation that you're currently in? Is it a new manager coming in and, and, and rejuvenating the squad? Do, do things need to change behind the scenes? What what needs to happen? It's a really tough one to answer. Um, personally, I think some clarity needs to be given on the managerial situation. So, as I've said, Nigel Atkins is still the interim boss. Well, my opinion would be that you need to sort that out. He, there needs to be clarification on how long he is going to be in charge for. Is he going to be the person who who is stuck with until May or are they just trundling along till January and see what happens? Because I think when you've got an interim boss or you've got a manager who the players know they're going to outlive, I've heard this said by many professionals and many managers, it's a dangerous place to be in because the players don't necessarily put in 100%. And I'm not saying that some of them aren't, because some of them definitely are. But you need that clarity. The players need to know who is going to be taking them through the rest of the season. Mm. So I would like that bit of clarity. I think Nigel Adkins is probably the best person they're going to get. Mm. There's no one that stands out to me as someone who will come in and be readily available, a realistic option to Tranmere, who is experienced in a relegation battle from the Football League who's going to come in and, and turn things around. So perhaps Nigel Atkins is the best man for now. If there's someone else out there, look, if if Stockport suddenly fall off a cliff and Dave Chalner becomes available, hey, I'd have Dave Chalner back in a heartbeat. I've been trying to get Dave Chalner to Tranmere for about 10 years. So if they can get him, great. But that ain't going to happen anytime soon, is it? Look at Stockport's position. So look, Nigel Atkins is probably the man. Yeah. But let's just have a bit of clarity and let's just let's just know where we're going. Because I think if you give that direction, maybe a, a few players that just find that extra five or ten percent that they need. But there's absolutely hope if they can keep picking up results at home as they have been. If they can finally end this away run and find the odd point here and there, then who knows? But one thing's for sure, they absolutely cannot afford a repeat of 2014-15 when they got relegated because that time it took them three years to get out of the National League and they were financially okay when they went down. I'm not sure it'd be the same if the, that was repeated. That is the problem, isn't it? And, and of course, once you get out of the Football League, every passing season, seemingly, it's increasingly difficult to then get back, isn't it? So you need to stay above the line if you can. But I, I agree with you, Matt. I think, I think Nigel Atkins is, is probably the best manager that, that you can attract, given position and everything at the moment. So... Uh, see what happens Matt really appreciate your time mate just before you go uh, give us the sales pitch one more time for uh, everything we need to know uh, about a trip to the moon yeah you can find us on Twitter look we've got quite a hard handle because a trip to the moon actually is uh, already taken and I think if you tried to add any characters it was too much but A-T-T-T-P uh, no that's not right A-T-T TM Pod is our Twitter account. Uh, and I think we're something similar on Instagram as well. Just search for a trip to the moon tram here on Google. That's probably the easiest. Uh, and yeah, we, as I say, loads of ex-player interviews, loads of match reaction and stuff like that. Um, hopefully, hopefully we provide entertaining content. Matt, appreciate your time, mate. Good luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully you'll uh, you'll, you'll get that away record back on track. But uh, after Tuesday night, of course. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Speak to you later in the season. Cheers. No problem, not at all. Thank you.
Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.